0: As you may have noticed, I rarely exclude any audience type from this podcast. I'm trying to surf up information that helps anyone looking to improve the way they communicate, the way they show up in this life. But today I'm making an exception. Today, this episode is for one specific type of person and no one else. (laughs) That type of person is the working mother of very young children. Because to me, this is the toughest gig going right now. To be managing children, babies, and pregnancy and careers is to be living at the bleeding edge of sanity. And if that is you, I want you to know I see you. I see you doing your best to show up on Zoom or WebEx meetings with a smile, ready to slay, even though you've barely slept and you pray to God that Frozen 2 or Minecraft lasts just long enough for you to get your work done or at least to get through the meeting. I see your self-doubt, your self-criticism, your exhaustion, but I also see how hard you're trying, the incredible standards you have for yourself and for your family. I see how torn you are between being a contributor at work and a loving parent. I see you, and I love you for all of it. And so I'm about to give you a gift. It is the gift of Kelsey Murphy, business coach and host of the Whiskey and Work podcast. Kelsey has been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, on LaurenComrade.com. She's been a small business owner multiple times, an investor, an advertising director, brand strategist. Think clients like Nintendo, Coca-Cola, Elizabeth Arden, GoPro. But ultimately, I wanted to sit down and talk with Kelsey because she is a black belt at helping women succeed and thrive at work and at home. And she too is the mother of young children. I'm a mother too, but my kids are older. I've got a teenager, a teenager, and a nine-year-old, and they are very, very self-sufficient. So I wanted to get someone on this podcast that is in it with you and who can show us the way forward. So my friends, welcome to this conversation. Pour yourself a nice cup of coffee or a stiff cocktail, whatever the moment calls for. Lean into this moment and let it go. Just relax. I'll see you on the other side. So what I wanted to begin with is asking you, what do you say to your fellow entrepreneurs or just fellow working women who have little kids at home? Because I'm blessed. My kids are big. My youngest is nine. What do you say to the women out there who have little ones at home that are trying to be productive and contribute and crush their goals that they wrote in January and now this? Like, what do you say to folks like that right now?
1: I mean, it's so bananas because I have a newborn. So like
0: (laughs) I have a newborn like
1: attached to my boob half the time. And then I have a three and a half year old, very strong willed toddler girl who is just I feel like she's me in a little form and we're just like going toe to toe, you know? (laughs) Oh
0: my God. It's like psychological
1: warfare in here. And
0: And that whole thing you just described is so challenging, even when life is completely normal. Yes, absolutely. And what's crazy about this whole
1: situation for me is that I think we feel like we should be able to figure it out, you know? Like we're trying to like, okay, like, so this is the new normal, so let me solve for this. When... I literally built my entire business off of not having to do this, off of the fact that I'm actually horrible at this like I don't do well trying to like be a mom and be really great at my job at the same time i'm not present I don't yep. enjoy it like yep. so I built an entire business off of like not working on mondays and fridays like mm-hmm. getting off at three and mm-hmm. still having this scalable successful business but only working a certain amount of hours when my kids are little yes. so that when they get bigger and they start to go into school I can have a little bit more flexibility but even then I still wanted to be able to show up for the field Trip whenever I wanted, but not at the same time. Like, I don't want to be working while on the field trip. And I think that we're trying to solve for it and we're forgetting that this actually, we weren't built to do this. This isn't normal. We're not supposed to solve for this, you know?
0: Okay. I just want to pause and take that in for a second. And I hope everyone listening is taking this in too. Just hearing you say we aren't supposed to be able to solve for both things is so liberating okay, now you can continue. Like I just needed to really take that in. Like, Thank you. In fact, this is so funny. Yesterday, I was talking about this on my Instagram story yesterday, but my husband and I were both on important, very important conference calls at the same time. And something happened, a crisis with the kids. It was fine. Everybody's fine. But it was like a thing. And he could see the thing happening because his office upstairs, he could see what was going on. I couldn't. And all of a sudden I hear all this ruckus and he barges into you know my office while I'm on the conference call. I'm like, fuck. And he's like, sorry. And afterwards I was like, what happened? And he's like, well, blah, 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 blah. And I am on an important conference call and I had to get off and deal with it and deal with the kids. And I was like, Uh (laughs) uh-huh welcome to reality baby during coronavirus like this is what women have been dealing with working from home for eons so okay so if step one is like acknowledge that we can't solve for this completely it's completely unprecedented and completely out of control then what do we do?
1: Yeah. Right. And then at the same time, we have to live it, you know? Yes. Like And I feel like people are saying, you know, there's so many mixed messages out there. It's like, go gentle on yourself or like use this time to pick a passion. And it's like, yes. ah, you constantly feel like you're failing in every direction. Like if yes. you're not taking a break and like taking a bubble bath, you're failing, right? If you're not yes. like picking up like a new language, you're failing, you know, like, so- I think just recognizing that we're not supposed to be built for this, especially women. We have been figuring out how to evolve from this place of wanting to be these nurturers and caretakers and then also wanting these careers and trying to find like our way through that. We've been doing that now for so many years. And now we're starting to figure it out. I feel like, you know, we're just on the road yeah. to figuring it out. And then it's like yeah. Corona, you know, like <laughs> it's like, yeah, we, we just started. I feel like we're making all of these strides. And yes. for me, especially, it's so funny because in my business, I always talk about like, yeah, this is the life you want to build. You want to like have that freedom and mm-hmm. you want to honor both sides of you, you know, but recognize right. that trying to do them both at the same time probably isn't going to be as enjoyable. For you. Yeah. Um, and now here we are. So how do you deal with that? It's a reality. As much as we say you're not supposed to be doing this, this isn't we aren't built for that, but I do think that takes the pressure off of trying to figure out a solution to solve our entire life and our entire work schedule and to also feel like we should, to feel like we should be able to do it, like we shouldn't be able to do it, you Thank know, you. like yeah. That's the first thing, yeah. and then I think when we recognize that, for me at least, the first thing I go to is I ask myself because I'm trying to solve for everything, right? I got a schedule, I got you know you're in survival mode, so yeah. <laughs> I will send you a picture. I think we have like it was like the COVID schedule, and then it turned into like COVID Palooza, and then it was like a lot of like really wonderful like science activities that turned to like Frozen Two, you know? Yeah. So it's like the evolution of your schedule and recognizing like. I have really great intentions and this is how all goals are, right? You have really great intentions. You're super ambitious. And then you hit the reality of it Mm -hmm. and you have to decide when you hit that reality of it, are you going to have that internal dialogue that says, oh, I've never been able to do this. I'm lazy. You know, like I've always been a procrastinator. I'm so unorganized. This is so who I am. You know, are you going to let that internal dialogue run? Or are you going to take a step back and be like, this is 100% normal. We overshoot. We hit that roadblock. And then our job is to take a step back and to like reassess and be like, okay, how do I simplify this? What are the things that are really important? And I feel like we're that far in quarantine where that's where we're all at. We all had these really great ambitions. And now we have to take a step back and we have to simplify and say, what is really, really important? And- for me, what I've been asking myself lately is, okay, fast forward six months from now, what do you want to look back on this time? And like, remember, how do you want to remember that you showed up, that you acted? What's going to be important to you six months from now and drill it down to that. And that's it don't worry about the science experiment <laughs> like don't worry about the getting you know like your schedule perfect don't worry about hitting every conference call like it comes to you know December and you look back and you're like that was a bananas time oh my gosh remember when that happened and granted December's still gonna be nuts but probably will not be as crazy as what we're all going through right now and to look back and to be like man I'm so glad we did like weekly pizza nights, or I'm so glad we had like, you know, a mega couch night and we created a fort and remember how much we laughed doing that. Or I'm so glad you and I did a weekly date night and we just had multiple drinks and like sang to our favorite, you know, put on queen on Spotify on repeat on the port, you know, like those are the things you're going to remember. So it's like, simplify to that. Make yeah. sure you get through your week and you have that night with your husband. Make sure you get through the week and you have that one memory with your kid. Yeah. And you check off one or two things with work and recognize that like things are going to change. We will get back to a place where either... I mean, I'm sure this won't happen, but say the worst case scenarios, we have to live like this forever. Yeah. We'll come up with new solutions. Like we'll we will end out. up figuring it out. As Marie Porter would say, everything is <laughs> your animal. Right? Don't expect yourself to have it figured out now. Like this yeah. is such crazy circumstances, you know? I
0: totally agree. And you know, something I started doing Last year, even because I noticed something about the way I was constructing my to-do lists were so draconian, like they were so long. They were so impossible. And so instead of beating myself up for having long to-do lists, I just lost a few things off of them, but added in loving up my kids before they went to school. Yes. Like I put nourishing their little hearts before they went out. The door for school every day as the number one to do for the morning, yes. and I still did all of my little morning rituals like we do, but I allowed myself to check off the mothering part of it, which is arguably one of the more important aspects. It's funny I did uh, Marie Forleo at the end of twenty nineteen did that whole decade in review, right. and my girlfriend Jen and I did. I mean, we we got weird with it. We got. <laughs> We met at a coffee shop halfway between Marin and San Francisco I mean, and San Jose and like we got after it. And I looked at the things I'm most proud of in the past 10 years were half of more than half the list were family things, relationship things, even with my parents and you know, 40 to 50% of it was work related, but it was mostly the creative projects I'd put out, not just the reactive shit I was doing. So I think I was on a conference call with somebody the other day and she was like, Oh God, I have no schedule. I have a toddler, a three and a half year old, a one year old, and she's pregnant. Oh, man. Just hold that for a minute. And she's like, I have no schedule. The kids, I'm like, no, the kids are your rhythm. That counts. Like, you're keeping three people alive right now, and you're working. Like, you're breathing. You are nailing it. Yes. So I love that. And I'm wondering about when you think about all the work you do as a coach, and you help women build the businesses that they dream of having, and you talk about toolkits and things that are in your toolkit that you give to clients. Of those things in the toolkit, what tools are really saving everybody's ass right now or keeping everybody sane? Maybe <laughs> ass saving is reaching too far, but like, what, what are the big tools that are making a big difference for your clients right now?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. And and it's really interesting because a lot of my clients are very business focused, right? They're moms usually trying to create these online businesses that are allowing them that freedom and also mm-hmm. like some financial stability. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of acknowledging that like you can continue to move forward, but like not in the way you probably planned. So like what really is going to like help you move your needle? Like what are things that you really want to Follow through on, and what are things that we can table? Not give up, not quit. You know what can we table to reassess and reevaluate in a month or two? You know, and that what can
0: we table right now? Yes, Yes.
1: because it's not giving it up. I think we feel like failures, like right. We feel like we're quitting on things that we're like, ah, like I said, I was going to do this, or like I committed to this, and it's like you don't have to quit. Don't cancel for good. Reschedule for a month or two out. Just table it for now. You know,
0: so, so, so good. Because I, I am just like that with my own goals that I set in January. Half the time I get to June and I'm like, it turns out that wasn't the right goal. Now yeah. that I have clear vision, that goal needs to either be tabled or just pulled off. And I always feel such angst about doing that. Right. If there's ever been a time where we have permission to do that, it's now. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's like when
1: you get to Wednesday of your week, I feel like Monday, that to-do list is like, oh, I'm gonna crush it this week. And you get to Wednesday and you're like 75 steps behind what you told yourself you would be doing. And you you have this moment where like that makes the difference between people that will not only be successful, but people that will enjoy the journey Mm -hmm. of being successful, the highs and lows of the failures of the learnings of the pivots. Like Mm -hmm. it makes a difference whether you're going to enjoy that, how you react on your Wednesday. Wednesday is like either like, dude, what's wrong with me? Like, what's wrong with me? you going down shame spiral central or to say like, all right, all right. Like, wow. Like that was impressively ambitious, Kelsey. Yeah. Shocking. You didn't get it all done. What's really important. What's really going to matter by Friday that you get done. Let's prioritize that. Let's take these other things and we'll push them to next week or we'll cross them off or we'll delegate them, whatever you have to do with that remainder. But like how you respond on your Wednesday is going to affect, I think, your entire life, you know?
0: Oh my God, how you respond on a Wednesday. That is so good. I love that. I absolutely love that question for you. And it's so funny when I I just started working with someone who's helping me with my brand story, which I've never done before. That's exciting. Very, very exciting. But he was doing some research on people tend to search this thing with my name based on conversations I've had on other podcasts, other guests. And it's one of the most popular search terms in the sort of self-help category. And that is morning routines. Oh yeah. And you have, I listened to that whole episode because I love talking about rituals and routines. I find it enormously exciting to hear about other people. Like, you know, those pages in like Vanity Fair, Elle Magazine, where they show like Stella McCartney's morning ritual. Yes, How she spends her time. I'm like, what does she do at 7.37 a.m.? Like I live for that shit. And so I loved your podcast episode and I'll link to it so people can have it. But give us the, when you're working with a client, how important is the morning ritual? How do you help someone construct one?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. And I feel like mornings for me are such like, it was such an emotional point in my life because I'm such not a morning person. Like the fascination that I have with, oh my gosh, when you can train your body and brain to do something, like Mm -hmm. how that shifts the way you feel about yourself and the things that you can do in the world. It's like shocking, right? So I've always been a night owl. Mm-hmm. Are you a night owl or are you a morning person?
0: I am so not a night owl. In fact, I always feel this the element of exposure when I talk to my clients about morning ritual because I'm like, please God, don't let them be a night owl because I don't know if morning rituals work for night owls, but I <laughs> know they do.
1: Yes. Yes. I will tell you, I think they're almost... Almost more powerful for people that are night owls because when you set up a morning routine and you can learn to love it, and that's the key. It's like not just like laboriously going through something you hate yeah. and punishing yourself every morning, but when you can set something up that you love and that you look forward to, you as a night owl have shown yourself that you have absolute control over yourself and your life and the goals and the things that you want to achieve, you know? And that for me is was like, that just shifted my entire perspective of what I could do, not only in my life, in my personal life, in my business, I think that there's so many things we think about ourselves. Like I'm a highly, highly emotional, highly sensitive person, right? So I think growing up, I had a lot of bad relationships, right? Where I was like, like off the charts, trying to figure out how to manage like all of these feelings that I have and um, still be myself and like love up that part of me, but also act in a way like I was really... Freaking proud of, and like, yes, like I'm nailing this conversation. It's deep, it's meaningful, it's true, but it's it's also not bananas, you know? Like, it's like I'm also not going off the rails here. So, Figuring that out, navigating your way through that, especially when you're younger, mm-hmm. it's really, really hard. And so I had all these things about myself that I just, assumed I just, you know, I just won't be ever be in that great of a relationship because I'm just a really bad communicator, and I'm super a little bit crazy and kind of emotional, you know. Like, or mm-hmm. I will never be someone that accomplishes a ton because I'm just not like a morning person. Like, I can't get up at like five a.m. and like bang through a bunch of things. Like my all my best friends could. I had so many best friends that were morning people, and I would be like. Like, that sounds horrible. And, like, you're not enjoying life. I can't do that, you know? So, you have all these ideas of yourself, you know, and these preconceived notions. And when you start challenging them and start saying, like, you don't wanna hate the fact that you're a night owl, you don't wanna hate the fact that you're emotional. That's who you are. You are literally wired and built that way. But if that's holding you back from these certain things, these certain beautiful, amazing things you want in your life, challenge that right like and I remember challenging that like a bit with like my emotional self and now I'm married to this amazing human that I love that like will look at me and I will never forget when I first like cried on the couch and we got in this big fight in the very beginning of our relationship and I was like I'm just really emotional and he was like I know that's okay you know like that's also what makes you compassionate and passionate and fun and exciting. And like, you know, like he like kind of looked at me like, why are you apologizing for that? You know? And in my brain, it was something that was always going to hold me back. And, and so having that, you know, moment with him, having that with a morning routine of just being like, I could just never do it. And then all of a sudden creating something where for like a month or two, I followed through, I did it. And I was like, oh, wait, I can do this. Like I can find my own morning routine, my own way to get up and be productive and to do things that I love and to make my life better. So, you know, for me, like those big shifts in life, I feel like are so important to recognize, to like call out, to like write it down to to see how big they are, because they ripple affect everything else in your life, you know? And for me, the morning routine was like a pure ripple effect into like, what are you gonna do? with the rest of your business and as a mom. you know What's
0: phenomenal to me too is how the morning routine can become the birthplace of reinvention, right? It's like, yes. I mean, as a communication coach, half of the time what I'm trying to do is peel away these limiting beliefs about self. I am just shy. Therefore, I can't communicate what I need to communicate when I'm under pressure that is just window dressing. That's right. like We totally. know who you are. And so I loved that you're, one of your points of entry as a coach to, un, to deprogram that stuff was the morning practice. And what I also loved is that yours wasn't elaborate. I mean, when you started, your morning practice was how long?
1: I mean, it started by being like, get out of bed. That is the goal. And
0: I always tell people start with a
1: 15 minute morning routine, like nothing more, because again, we overshoot. We're going to be like, you know, I'm just going to do an hour to myself in the morning. I'm going to have a smoothie and I'm going to do some morning pages and I'm going to meditate for 15 minutes. And you probably will do it maybe for a couple of days, maybe for a week, and then you won't because it's aggressive it's like not sustainable yeah you're, you're trying yeah. to change like 18 habits and mindsets yeah. and like things that have been developed for the past so many years so for me it was literally getting out of bed like it was like if you can get out of bed and go outside that's it get out of bed and go outside And what happens is those things ripple effect right as soon as wow. I'm up and outside I'm like well you know now I could listen to a podcast or oh well yeah now I could write a couple. Journal or affirmation notes, or you know like yeah. and then it starts to build and you start to enjoy it, but it 's usually doing something really simple, and again simplifying to get to that ultimate end goal, which is what I wanted to do was show myself you can have an extra hour to yourself in the morning, it will make all the difference there 's so much science behind it, and you can do it and enjoy it, so start by just throwing a beanie on and getting your
0: buns outside. you know <laughs> I think that is so right on, I love that, and I love the idea. I loved the book, Atomic Habits. I thought that was yeah. so great. And one of the concepts that really helped me was just, even if it's only five minutes, you don't miss. You yes. don't miss it. Or if you do miss it, you don't miss it twice. Like that has helped to completely transform my exercise routine, because that was the part that was so catch as catch can for so long. But I love that. The other thing that I really appreciated about what you said about routines was celebrating list versus gratitude list. Talk about routines of celebrating, because right now, in a season of shelter in place. There doesn't feel like there's much to celebrate except ironically how much wine we're drinking and how much we're watching. Like (laughs) start let's start there, shall we? (laughs) how important celebrating is and finding something to celebrate.
1: Oh my gosh, you're you're cracking me up because I literally just my husband and I we did a little like date night last night which literally includes choosing a movie and not like watching 18 previews of movies and taking Oh my god. god, god.
0: I we love previews, but then R- you're like right? Hey,
1: Right, Exactly. And then all of a sudden, especially with a newborn, I'm like, dude, I got to get up in an hour. So it consisted of literally Colin going out of his way to be like, I'm going to have a movie picked for you by the time you're putting the kids down. And, oh, that's the most of wine amazing open. thing right? I've never heard of in my right? I'm like, I don't know why I'm like so like into this tonight, but it's because you chose the it's movie you- and we got to hit play. I mean, it was fancy. That's quarantine amazing. fancy. That's and, amazing. and we opened a good bottle of wine and we were finishing a bottle of wine from last night. So we finished a bottle of wine from last night and then we opened up a new one and we left the, we didn't cork it. And we walked down and the devastation on our face was like, like quarantine wine. Like that is gold. Like Fratchit. how could we, how Fratchit. could we, Oh my God. <laughs> um, But yeah, when it comes to celebrating versus gratitude, I think gratitude is so important, right? It should be a part of your practice and it should be a part of the way that you're, you're training your brain to work and to see things. Absolutely. But I think what we forget, especially as women, especially as people that are into personal development, we're into growth and growing and always, you know, what can we achieve and what we can do better. You know, whether it's like the ambitious hustle type or just yes. the personal development type, wanting to be a better meditator, whether it's slow or fast, we're constantly in this cycle of thinking about what can we do better, what can we do better, we're what can we do better. ourselves
0: with self help sometimes, right? Absolutely,
1: yes. We forget to stop and celebrate the growth that we've already had, the growth that we miss, the growth that is happening every single day. And I think that is so important because we, our brains just aren't operating that way. And if we can change them to sit down at the end of every day and instead of doing gratitude, focus on like, what am I really proud of myself about? Like, what can I really celebrate? And what that does is it's going to train your brain to start seeing that every single moment of the day. So like when everything goes sideways, you had 18 projects for the kids, you don't get a single one done. You put frozen two on again for the fifth day in a row and you're tired and you haven't showered and all of these things, instead of having that internal dialogue of like, gosh, like I should be doing all these things better. I should be doing a schedule. Like how can I fix this? You start with, man, I'm so happy I love my kids, you know, or man, I'm so happy I'm proud of myself for having kids because I know we'll get through this. Yeah. (laughs) And while I may not like it right now, I'm proud of myself. Or you know what? I'm proud of myself for getting up this morning and out of bed, you know, like and starting to celebrate those small things. And then all of a sudden, you'll be able to create a schedule. You'll be able to do all these things because you're not doing it from a place of, I should, I should, I should. It's more, hey, I've got this. I can step it up. I can do more. And I'm
0: excited to do it because I'm very well equipped and I'm yeah. proud of myself. You know, full, your cup is already full. Yes. I mean, one of the things that I think so many parents aren't giving themselves credit for is we're, uh, most of us, I feel like, are doing a good job making our kids feel safe. Yes. You know? They were trying to keep people calm around here and some of us are dealing with kids that aren't going to be able to have an 8th grade graduation or a high school graduation or a prom. There's it, there's so much loss that there our kids are experiencing and just being here with the kids and not losing our shit on them 50,000 100%. times a day is a win. Losing your shit only once a day, that's a win. Really 100%. Awesome. So I I totally and completely agree. And to the women who because I'm sure a part of your business is focused on women or you know getting themselves launched and starting these new businesses but a lot of those women have day jobs you know oh, yeah i just started working with the incredible women at zoom oh imagine, yeah imagine working there right now it is all hands on deck all 24/7 everybody's giving everything they've got yep part of the solution to things right now. And we were talking about overwhelm and you know meditations for just collecting your thoughts. What do you tell your clients that are working day jobs and trying to keep hope alive on this dream that they've got going on? Any tips? Yeah.
1: So when I am trying to figure out my schedule, when I go into that like logical analytical project management mode, I usually instantly feel overwhelmed, right? I never have enough time ever. And I'm not like a overly ambitious type A hustler. Like it's just like I'm not a morning person, I'm a night owl. Like if I could sleep in every day, I would. My natural tendency is to go slow and I literally retreat from anything that feels like a lot of work. Like I have to like mentally say why are you retreating? <laughs> like, oh, is it some you know, like is it something you actually want? Are you retreating? Because it feels like a lot of work before I have to like have that conversation. Why are no. you retreating? That is so powerful. Right. And for me, and I feel like that. Exploration for everybody is different, you know. Like, why are you retreating from this? Like, are you scared? Are you making assumptions? You know, you go through all of those things. And for me, when I get too much into project management mode, and, I, and this happens in my personal life again, yeah. my business life and personal life are very similar, right? As much as they collide, they're also incredibly similar in the way that I show up. So When I feel like I'm project managing, you know, like my life with my family and Mm -hmm. losing sight of the things that light me up, you know, like that make me happy and I feel overwhelmed and the chaos is there. It's usually because I am too much in that mode. I am too much in project management mode and trying to problem solve. And the reality is, is I have to take a step back Mm -hmm. and I have to get a bigger picture. And I always write myself like a three-year manifesto, right? Like that's my grounding place. I envision and I like soak up what life is like in three years, right? And literally to the point where it's like what coffee am i drinking in the morning like what does my comforter feel like in 3 years like what am i saying the first thing when i roll over to my husband like what dirty joke is he telling to make me laugh and giggle you know like what does that look like that's the ideal 3 years you know and so on into my business life and Everything, my bank account—you know—I build it all out. But it's something that I really love, right? And it's a beautiful, beautiful vision of what life is like in three years. Mm -hmm. And when I am in the chaos and I am in the overwhelm and I am in the project management mode, I take a step back and I go back to that three-year manifesto and I reread it. And I just—it takes five minutes—and I reread it, and I am so recentered into this is what you're going for, not all these seven hundred other things. This is it right here. Take a step back and remember this and this beautiful vision because that beautiful vision is never about a perfect schedule. Like never in that vision does it say like, oh, I had a perfect schedule or I got all my things done at the end of the day. It says, I feel proud of myself for the way that I showed up in the world and for my clients. Like it's so much more rooted and bigger. So I feel like that's such a trigger for me. When I am overwhelmed and chaos, I notice, like, Kelsey, that is a choice. You are choosing overwhelm right now. You know, like you are choosing to be in that. Make a choice to step out of that, see the bigger picture. And then usually my to do list can be cut in half and simplified, you know? Yeah. It's funny to me. I've
0: noticed that my to do list becomes larger than me sometimes. And I don't mean like lengthwise. I just mean for some reason, I imbue it with this weird meaning. Like this, it becomes this like, totem that I judge myself by at the end of the day, yeah. which is absurd because I made the damn to-do list, right? And right. I got mine right here. And I keep trying to shorten it. In fact, my practice during quarantine is I'm trying to cut my to-do list in half because everything takes twice as long right now. Yes. And, so, and, and twice, twice as painful. And twice as painful. And also the other thing I've noticed is virtual meetings doing this Eye contact with a camera lens is an energy subtraction equation. It takes far more energy for me to engage and really connect energetically on a Zoom call than it does face to face because I'm trying to connect with you here, but I'm also trying to watch your micro expressions here. And it's a glucose intensive brain thing. And so at the end of a one hour Zoom call or a 90 minute workshop I give over WebEx or whatever, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Exhausted. And I'm finally realizing that that's part of it. And I need to honor that. So yesterday, I can't even remember. I had like a two hour meeting yesterday and it was only two when it was done. It was two o'clock. And I was like, we're done today. The sun came out for a half hour. I took my beach chair in the backyard and I read a book in the sun in my bikini. And I was like, "I oh, love this it. this is me. Nailing my to-do list. Yes, to-do list is to freaking. You know what's so hilarious is what I gave up for Lent because we're Catholic. I didn't give up anything. I told myself every day at one o'clock I was going to rest, and then the quarantine happened. I'm like, okay, God, wow, yeah. <laughs> you weren't kidding. You really wanted me to rest. Anyway, I just I think that that approach of building resilience around celebrating what we do instead of becoming slaves to our own stupid ass to-do list, Yes. super, super, super meaningful. I think the last thing I want to ask you is just, if people are brand new to you, Kelsey, and they have never met you before, they don't know you, what are your top three things you're most proud of, either podcast episodes or resources that you offer on your website? Where can people go to engage more deeply with you? Mm Because you are a treasure.
1: I love the way you ask that. I've never had anyone ask it. And, like, what are you most proud of? You know, like most people are like, where can they find you? And, like, you know, what can they download and how can they get on your email list? But yeah, what am I, because when you say, what am I most proud of? I'm like, oh, I feel like you're business coaching me right now. Um, oh I good. Right. I know. I'm like, I'm going to have to like pay you for the session. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if people want to go deeper, I would say definitely come over to kelseymurphy.com. I'm on there and probably Instagram over at Kelsey Murphy, because that is where you will see a lot of my real life. KelseyMurphy.com, you'll get all my credentials, right? You'll see I have tons of freebies on there for like morning routine challenges and 30-day passion challenges and how to plan your business. So like all the three-year manifesto stuff I talk about, like those things, like you can go and like learn about all those things for free and download them on my site. So it's awesome. Like really great content, but i mean when you say what am i most proud of i would say come check me out on my instagram stories because that is where my like life is and that's where my like i'm with my little girl that's where i you get the rawness of me and what's happening day to day and you also like when people pop into my dms and they comment and like I am a total introvert. So for me, like the DMs is like the place because I'm like, oh, like we're having an intimate one on one conversation here and it's so easily accessible. And so I love it when people are like, hey, I heard you on this podcast. And they come pop into my DMs and say hi because I'm like, wow, I feel like real humans out in this crazy like world, like we're now actually truly connecting because you've literally just watched like probably eight videos of me and my little girl or me ranting or me, whatever it is. And you still want to connect with me. It means we're our, we are people like you are my people, you know? I love that you just said your Instagram stories is
0: something you're so proud of because I feel the same way about mine. <laughs> and I think- and I don't think I gave myself permission to feel that way until I heard you do it. So yes, my sister. And what I love about the reason I feel proud of it, and maybe it's the reason you feel proud of yours, is that it's where we show that there is no big division between who we are public versus private. Like yes. It's all one integrated self. And that yes. is- Inducing not because we think we're shiny, happy, sparkly people, but because we are fucking real and we're showing that every single day.
1: Yes, and That's multifaceted awesome. too. You know, like I feel like people can come listen to our podcast, and I feel like you and I are very similar. We're very open and real, and like what you see is what you get on our podcast. Like it's gonna be like this is just who I am, and I love that on your podcast you also talk about personal and professional, right? Like when you said like what are you proud of? Like honestly the first podcast that came to mind was when i shared about my miscarriage and told all about that and it was like i have a podcast that's how to how to start a business and like run a life you love and right in the middle of there i was like i got to raise my hand and tell you what just went on because i'm going to tell you what that how that like affected me and my life and my business and for me like being able to be as real and raw and open makes me feel more connected. Even from a selfish standpoint, it makes me feel more connected. And I think we try to do that as much as we can in our business and on our podcasts and when we're talking with people. (laughs) But on Instagram, it's like there is no stopping it. On like Instagram stories, it's real time. So it is legit. (laughs)
0: There is no editing here. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, I love that. And I am so grateful that you made time for this. I can't even imagine how insane your life must be right now. I mean, I've got a taste of mine, but I don't have newborn. I know, right? Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I have a feeling this won't be the last time we talk. So I agree. Have a great rest of the day and thank you. Thank you, Bronwyn. So great chatting. Isn't she the best? So my friend, I'm hoping that while this conversation feels, I'm hoping it feels incredibly nourishing and relief bringing. But I'm also hoping it doesn't end there. I'd love to challenge you to choose one thing to really chew on from this conversation. Is it the morning ritual? Is it the 15 minutes you're going to give yourself in the morning? Is it thinking through, what do I need to let go of? Or is it asking that question six months from now? What will I really be proud of having done? Pick one thing that you're actually going to devote some thought to. And my God, if you have a journal, this is a great place to be journaling. And if you don't have a journal, consider getting one. I would not have survived The toddler baby stages of my motherhood experience as a working mother had it not been for a journal. That was the one place I could be honest about how I was feeling. There are so many expectations and labels and archetypes around mother that we're kind of in the midst of evolving past and breaking through. But with that comes a little bit of shame and self recrimination. And the journal is just that one place where you can be like, fuck it, this is how I feel. So I really want to encourage you to to begin that practice or re-engage with that practice if you've gone off the rails just caring for your family. And that's all I wanted to say. I really want you to know how much I respect and admire and appreciate where you're at and know that I'm here for you, even just at a distance. Shine on, you crazy diamonds. I'll see you next time.